Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and we're doing a series of shows that kind of just explore an ingredient or a, a standard cooking item in depth. Today is Citrusopedia. <laughs> And this is all about citrus, and we're doing this because winter is almost here, and citrus is coming in. Winter is the big moment in which citrus, at least up here in New England, citrus saves us. Well, yeah, otherwise there's no fruit, and (laughs) there's frozen berries, there's always bananas, there's always a pineapple or two, but citrus has variety. There's so much. There's so much variety in citrus, and basically... Let's start by talking about the three kinds of citrus in okay. general, the three bigger okay, categories. Okay, these are really rough categories, right. and these are our culinary categories of citrus. And so we're going to encourage you, we want to encourage you to use citrus beyond the norm. So, okay, what are our categories? Well, the first one is eating citrus. Which right? we all know about. So that's like your navel oranges, and it's like your big, beautiful ruby red grapefruits. Those are your eating and citrus. And those pomelos. Mm-hmm. And the, the little halo, the tangerines and the mandarins. Yep. Those are all your eating citruses. What's next? Well, and you know, wait, before we get to what next, you know, they, all of these eating citruses require peeling of some sort. I mean, right? Every single one of them, you can't eat necessarily eat the peel of these eating ones. There's an exception we'll get to in a second, but okay, let's hold it there. The next category is eating, and then there are the juicing citruses. And here you can think about Lemons, limes, navel oranges, grapefruits, right? Things that are appropriate to be juiced. Yep. Um, In terms of oranges, usually they're the thinner rind oranges, the ones that don't peel very easily. Um, They're not necessarily the kind of oranges you would buy to eat them. You'd buy them just to juice them. And sometimes that's where they're even called juicing oranges. And don't forget, when we talk about juicing oranges, don't forget juicing all these fr- uh, fruits, lemons, limes, or juicing oranges, grapefruits, etc. When we say juicing them, it's not just drinking them in a glass. These are what you would use in marinades. These are what you use in salad dressings, mm, right? You yep. can make and a cocktails. salad dressing. So do it. Do it right now. Do a salad dressing with grapefruit juice. Okay. So you take like a quarter cup of fresh grapefruit juice You're going to whisk into that some walnut or almond oil because I don't like the combination of olive oil and grapefruit all that much. So a nice nut oil, a little grapefruit juice. And my secret ingredient is I'm going to open a can of chipotles and I'm going to pull a little bit of that sauce out. And I get a little of that adobo sauce. Chipotle's packed in adobo sauce. So I get a little adobo sauce, a little um, nut oil, and a little grapefruit juice. That is a fabulous marinated salad dressing. And what would, kind of salad would you put that on? I would put that over um, butter lettuce with sliced avocados and red onions or even over a chopped salad. Or even over a carrot salad. Mm, yum, that sounds right? good. Or a ch- yeah, a carrot salad or a carrot and celery salad and cucumber, a big chopped salad without any lettuce in it. That would be really good at, okay, so we got eating and we got juicing and then what else we got? We got cooking citrus. I don't think that most people understand this, that this actually is a thing, cooking citrus. And we're the the, the number one citrus in this lot is kumquats. Well, yes, those because you can eat them cooked or you can eat them raw. You can eat with the rind, which is the exception you were saying earlier. Right. So you could slice them up and put them in salads or you could toss them into soups or stews. Pomelos are another one. 
Yeah. And they're often used in cooking. And finger limes. Those finger mm-hmm. limes are often also sliced thinly and used in cooking. All these will brighten any stews. Listen, if you make no cream, you can't put cream and dairy in these stews. But if you make a beef or a pork stew this winter and you want to really brighten it up, get a couple of finger limes or get a couple of kumquats and slice them thinly. Got to get rid of the seeds too. And then just throw them into the stew with the carrots and the, I don't know what, parsnips and oh, rutabaga. God, parsnips and lime. That sounds fabulous. Yeah. And then just cook it and let them cook they'll give a little acid bite to the stew which is nice it'll brighten the flavors dramatically or or of course the other thing you can do is when the stew comes out of the oven you can thinly 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 and i mean thinly slice kumquats or finger limes or stuff like that thinly slice it then just stir them into the stew and set it aside for 10 minutes they'll have a much brighter flavor oh yeah they'll they'll wilt a little bit they'll infuse their taste they'll be very bright and lovely okay so you get it to the store how do you choose your citrus oh well this is really easy the first thing you need to do is follow your nose i mean citrus needs to smell like citrus so oranges need to smell like oranges and grapefruits need to smell like grapefruits there should be a it's faint under that you know thick skin like on grapefruits but it still should be present now listen I'm telling you right now, do not put it to your nose. Don't put it against your old drippy nose. Well, in not the in COVID time. <laughs> it's disgusting. But if you walk over to the bin of grapefruits and you don't smell anything, you know that you're in trouble, right? Now, well, either you're sick or those grapefruits aren't very good. Okay, that is a rule that's going to work for a lot of fruit. If you walk past that display of pineapples and you don't smell pineapple, keep walking right so and also choose the fruits that are shiny they get need to have mm, smooth skins is you want to see taut skins to the fruit and do, you don't want any blemishes or bruising on and that no skin. soft spots at all no and here's a here's sort of a cliche people always say look for fruit that's heavy in the hand well what does that mean that means if you pick up two ideas identically shaped oranges, right? They're exactly the same shape, exactly the same diameter. Pick the one that's heavier because it means it's got more juice, it's got more pulp in it, it's not all rind, it's not all emptiness. And you notice what we're saying. Everything we're saying adds up to don't buy bagged citrus. You know, just pick your own. Uh, I know the bags are often cheaper. I'm sorry. It's where, again, we're recording this on a day in New England when it's super bright and super warm and unpreternaturally warm. And you can hear the Blue Jays because all the windows are open. So you can probably hear them outside like I can hear them. Anyway, um, don't buy the bags. Pick your own, right? If you can, it's always best to pick your own. Sometimes you can't and it's only bags available. Um, Every now and then you'll get a bad one in a bag. But... It often makes up for the fact that you spent a lot less buying the bag. But when you get home, if you bought the bag, check them all out and throw out any that are already moldy because one moldy one will infect the whole bag. And the general rule is if you're looking to juice the fruit, this is very general. If you're looking to juice the fruit, pick a fruit, pick a citrus fruit with a thinner skin. You go over to the display of limes. How do you know which lime there has a thinner skin than the others? Pick them up and squeeze them. If they give a little bit, then they probably have a thicker skin. If they don't give, then they have a thinner skin. Okay, so now you've got the citrus at home. Now what are you gonna do with it? I like to keep all of my citrus in the refrigerator because it keeps it fresh longer and I like it cold. 
Mark doesn't like when I do that. No, Why don't you like I that? I don't like it cold because I want it at room temperature. I think that oranges and lemons and limes and grapefruits, they can stay at room temperature for a couple of days. I will admit that they can't stay there for a long time. Uh, they tend to get mushy and they tend to get gross. And I, I also say, let me also say that citrus rinds are pretty thick. And really, honestly, if you're handpicking citrus, you probably should wash it. I mean, I know. Well, I know other it, people have handled them. I know. Them. It's a pain in the neck. But it, it, it just probably is better if you just take it home. And, I mean, there are food cleaners <laughs> spraying fruit, on stuff. Fruit wash. Yeah, there's, there's that stuff. But it's just a little better if you rinse it. Uh, I don't know that I can promise you it saves you for anything. But Bruce is right. If it keeps much longer, it's going to keep a couple days on the counter. I find that mandarins, those little mandarin oranges and those little tangelos and all, they, they're good a couple days. Yeah, and you then can they start get to go mushy. Three or four days. So that's why I keep them in the fridge. And then they'll last upwards of two weeks because they're really cold. But here's the thing. If I want to squeeze one into a margarita mm. or I feel like making a little mm. citrus sour for a cocktail mm. – then I take the ice-cold fruit out of the fridge. I drop it in a bowl of warm water for 10 minutes. And then I could really break up all those little pulp sacks and get all the juice out of it. That's that's the key tip right there is if you're keeping your citrus in the fridge, like your lemons and your limes, just run some tap water warm, drop them in for 10 minutes, and honestly, you'll get a much better juicing experience. That sounds like something horrible. The juicing experience. I don't think I want that. But okay. Anyway, let's let's nail down these really difficult terms of zest, pith, brine, and membrane. All right. They're really difficult because one encompasses all of them. <laughs> what do I mean by that? The word rind. The rind is everything mm. that is around mm. that piece of fruit, mm. which includes the zest and pith. Yes. Now explain what those two pieces of the rind are. Uh, well, the zest is that really thin exterior, generally colored bit. It's the outermost part of the peel. It's brightly colored for from good citrus. It's the stuff loaded with the oils that has all the flavor. And that's what you want to get. If you want to get really obnoxious with your friends, it's the exocarp. And so if you want to be really obnoxious, you can hand your friend or your wife or your husband a lime and say, take off the exocarp. Or you could just say, zest it for me. <laughs> I prefer exocarp. Exo- Let's make it a verb. Exocarp it for me. Okay, and you can also sleep on the couch. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's that That's that bit with all that. And how do you get the zest off? That is a vegetable peeler, my friend. If you want to get off the zest, you take the vegetable peeler. It pulls the zest, leaving the white pith behind that's right the pith is the endocarp and it's that spongy white stuff below it's notoriously bitter um frankly i like the pith in certain cooked braises uh believe it or not i like whole orange peels rind, the whole thing in certain braises but that's because it adds a very sophisticated back taste to it 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 probably in i guess if i have to admit right a pith should never make an appearance in a salad no ew that's <laughs> gross that is <laughs> when you're segmenting an orange or mm. a grapefruit mm. so to make beautiful like what they call in chef school supremes okay they, how do you do that Oh, how do you make a supreme? Oh, boy. Okay, so let's see if we could follow this. So you're going to cut the top and bottom off of an orange. 
that means the where the stem was and where the navel is on the bottom, right? So you have two right. flat sides. Right. Now you're going to put the orange on one of its cut sides. I don't care if it's top up or bottom up. And you're going to use a chef knife to cut down curving around the natural curve of the orange, cutting all of the rind off, the zest and pith together. Right. So you should have a little orb, a little circle in your hand that is all orange. With flattened ends. With flattened ends. And it's got all that beautiful pulpiness exposed. And each one of those segments is separated by a membrane. Now you're going to release each segment by cutting the knife down, scraping along the membrane. Use a chef's knife for this part. Use a paring knife for this part, right? This is very delicate, and you're holding it in your hand. You're holding it in your hand. You can cut your hand really easily. So you use a little paring knife, and you just cut down on each side of that membrane, Mm -hmm. releasing what's called the Supremes. And I would also recommend finding yourself either at a cookware store or online a knife-proof cut proof glove yeah you can hold the orange in that and even if you slip and and the knife hits your hand you won't cut yourself right 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 so you said a minute ago that a vegetable peeler was best for taking off the zest and it is but they do make zesters they do they make it's like a vegetable peel with lots of little holes we have several zesters up in the kitchen several of them and they're of different varieties and um, i don't know i like zesters a lot they're easy I have one use for a zester, and that's the one that makes the big wide strips because that's for cocktails. That's for putting into a Manhattan and an old fashioned. They they're easy, but I will here's I'm, I here's and now I'm going to complain about zesters, even though I say they're easy because you know I'm the writer, Bruce is the chef, and I'm the writer, and I'm always going for the easy thing. And a zester is easy, but here's the thing I do know about zesters is they make a mushy mess on the back side of them, and actually, while you get some zest out of them, mostly what you get is a mushy mess yeah, they, on the back side. You have to press so hard to get them to work that you're really smooching the uh, the piece of fruit. So I like to use a vegetable peeler and then I put the long, wide, flat strips of zest on the cutting board and I use a knife to chop them up. Right. So that's the easiest way. Of course, there are microplanes too that grate the, just the tiniest, smallest bits of zest. But again, I find that I end up with a ton of it on the backside all mushed up. Yeah, that and does happen. I'm always scraping it off. Um, some people have, I'll say that a reamer is necessary. You know, if you use Bruce's trick of dropping the citrus into a bowl of warm water for 10 minutes you really don't hardly need a reamer to squeeze them out it'll be so pliant so loose it will be but a reamer is the only way to really get in there and get every last bit of juice but you can also use your cleaned hands if you don't mind digging your fingers right inside oh. of that lemon oh. or lime. Just oh. imagine that someone's attacked you in the subway and you need to dig their eyes out. Oh. That's how you get all wow. the juice out with your hands. Wow. You were, you went someplace horrid. <laughs> and let me also say that there's something that our grandmothers had that we still have, and I find them incredibly useful, and that is grapefruit spoons. They're these little serrated spoons. Do you know about them? They're serrated spoons. Um, I've got a little serrated edge right at the tip of the spoon. And the reason I, they're for digging out little grapefruit sections out of a half a grapefruit but i find that there's about five thousand kitchen uses for a gra- serrated <laughs> grapefruit spoon it's not just that oh my god you, they're great for getting the in- innards out of a great many things they in are. this world what, what always cracked me up is that my grandmother 
put grapefruit spoons out, but she also used a grapefruit knife, which is a curved yeah, serrated blade, to cut the segments out of the shell of the grapefruit, out of the, the, out of the rind. So it's already cut up, and then she still put the grapefruit spoons I mean, we grew up in a time right when the appetizer <laughs> was half a grapefruit with a maraschino cherry. Oh, we had a strawberry. Center. We had a strawberry. Uh, we yeah. had a maraschino cherry cut in half and put in the center, and that was the appetizer. And you really knew it was an appetizer if you put that half a grapefruit on a leaf of lettuce on a plate. <laughs> well, either we got the half a grapefruit or we got a little juice glass of tomato juice sitting um, on a doily. Did you get tomato juice or did you get V8 juice? Tomato juice. Uh, we got V8 juice. We got V8 juice and, oh, here's how you know. We were Southern. We got V8 juice and a bottle of Tabasco sauce yeah, so no. that you could dip a little Tabasco sauce in it. And I can still see my father to this day with the relish tray. This is how old I am. With the relish tray with the scallions or the spring onions in it. We called them green onions where I was from in the South. The green onions in the relish tray. And I can see him dipping them into the tomato juice before he ate the spring onions. So there you go. I mean yeah. – it was a different time in America. Well, I don't know how that came about from our citrusopedia, <laughs> but um, I hope you learned something about citrus that either you didn't know or maybe you knew but forgot. And the next time you go to the store, you'll think about what you heard here and it'll help you pick some really good citrus. Yeah, I think we're going to come back. And I don't think we're done with citrus because I think we need to say more about tangerines because I feel like we gave tangerines short shrift. Okay, here. tangerines are an entire show into themselves. <laughs> no, so I think we're not done with citrus with our citrusopedia because that seems like it needs a show in and of itself. So I hope you did enjoy Citrusopedia, and it will make you want to subscribe to Cooking with Bruce and Mark so you won't miss a single episode. And did you know we have a YouTube channel, Cooking with Bruce and Mark? You can see Bruce and or me. Well, actually, never and Bruce or me. One of us is doing something. Oh, my gosh. Gluten-free pancakes, bread and butter pickles. I got this crazy video about Parkin, which is a Yorkshire... Mm, treacle sticky bread oh we got so much going on there eggnog scale caesar salad if you want to make any of those things we'd love to have you there and we really would like to have you back on the next episode of cooking with bruce and mark 